Today's show is brought to you by Grammarly, an intelligent writing app that works as your own personal editor. Download Grammarly's browser extension and create a free account at getgrammarly.com slash cinemarecall. This podcast is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Find out how you can become a member by going to the website letschatpodcast.net. The following podcast will contain adult language and heavy spoilers. It is intended for a mature audience. Everybody and welcome to this uh, special edition of the Cinema Recall Podcast, continuing our series on David Lynch's Mulholland Drive, coming back to the program for being away for a while. We have Mr. Ryan Luis Rodriguez. Hello, sir. Hello. How's it going, man? It's going. It's going. That's really all I can I can uh, say about that. It's uh, life is happening at what? the moment. I love that. Uh, I uh, li- I started listening to your latest episode of the Coolness Chronicles, and you had a guest on there that actually shoots a lot of the behind-the-scenes footage yep. from the Daniel self-factory. Griffith. Good guy. Yeah. That was very kind of, like, fascinating. I just caught the moment, too, where you talked about there's, like, two Santa Claus movies that have been on MST3K. Now, I've only seen Santa Claus Conquers the Martians because it has the awesome Patrick Swayze Christmas song. That's true. <laughs> And there's friends of mine who tease me and say that you started the Patrick Swayze fan club. <laughs> no uh, yeah, you know, I am a card-carrying member of the Swayze Axe. That's what we call ourselves. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I do recommend that you do see the other Santa Claus episode because it might actually be better That's than, than Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. It's, uh, yeah. it's a fun film to look at, unlike Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which is hot garbage to look at. Hot garbage. Mm-hmm. But sometimes hot garbage could be sexy garbage. I don't know. Maybe. It depends how hot it is, baby. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for coming back on the program, Ryan. Of course, you can follow Ryan at uh, Coolness Pod Ryan. Believe that's right uh, on Twitter and the Coolness Chronicles on Instagram. Yes, very cool. And back to the show is a good buddy of mine, the host of Whatever with Jason Soto, who I appeared on a couple weeks ago. A lot of fun times. Uh, Jason Soto, hello. Hello, what is up? How you been, buddy? I'm doing good, Vern. I'm doing good. Uh, I did. I had an interesting discovery. Uh, okay. I could do a really good impersonation of you. Yeah, I heard that. I listened to the Patreon <laughs> episode because you and Mary read my fanfic story, and when yep. you start doing that, I was like, oh shit, that's yeah, yep. that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Yes, I, I, yes, I, lo- I can do it. I can do it very much so. I, I, can, I can very much do it. Hello, everybody. I am Devern here, and uh, welcome to Cinema Recall. And uh, today we're going to talk about Mulholland Drive. I, I love the fact you know, that I've become an your, SNL character. Yeah, your Vern sounds a lot like Merv Griffin on SCTV. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> I'm not even mad about that either. That's amazing. So, yeah. Uh, all right, so folks. Where we left off, we just got done seeing the scene with the hitman, the worst hitman 
in history. <laughs> My favorite scene in the movie. Yes. Jason Oh, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> so good. Last episode, uh, me and Jason were talking that we want to have this character have his own movie. Yeah. Oh I hell would, yeah! Give me that spinoff yes. right now. You know, like, Let's do it. I want to have. I don't know why, but I want to have like a combination of like him and John Wick. Like, I don't know. <laughs> One guy who's the best at his job, the other who's the absolute worst. And they're like, you find out that they're brothers. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so, All right, I'm definitely down for that. He's Chadwick. Chadwick. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> uh. Don't forget to follow Jason Soto on Twitter. At, it used to be at whatever J Soto, but now it's actually at Famous Comedian. It is at Famous Comedian. Twitter let me change my name to at Famous Comedian. I don't know why they gave me that power, and so I'm taking it. I'm going to start so, naming my Twitter account multi-billionaire. Yeah, yeah just, just just start just doing it. Just just name your goals on Twitter, apparently, and that's. That's that's gonna work. So we'll we'll see how this works out for me. I only had it for two weeks so far, and so far it's gotten me nothing but trouble. But Love it. I'm down for it. People contact you. Hey, you're not the famous comedian I was thinking of. <laughs> I know this isn't the topic of the show, but in a really long story, yes, I actually did get a message from someone who didn't mean to tweet at another famous comedian, and they got me instead. So <laughs> you're not Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, but I'm That's the other famous time. comedian. That's a story for another time. Nice. Uh, well, this is folks right now. Uh, I want to take just like a small little break so we can play some ad spots. And then we'll be back to talk about Mulholland Drive. After these messages, we'll be right back. There is nothing wrong with your headphones. Do not attempt to skip ahead. We are controlling the transmission, and you are now tuned in to Channel 83. We are the TV guide for weirdos, the video word made flesh, evangelists of the obscure. A weekly horror podcast dedicated to bringing you the best, worst, and weirdest that the genre has to offer. I'm your host, Chris, and every week I'm here to guide you through forgotten classics, unknown schlock, foreign oddities, and everything in between. If you're a horror fan with a taste for the stranger side of cinema, follow us on Twitter at, at channel83pod. Drop by our website, channel83.video, and find us on all the major podcast platforms. We now return control of your device to you. Long live the new flesh. Hey folks, Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship, movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests and some awesome stories. And, of course, some cold beers along the way, too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7 and look for Fat, Drunk, and Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. For being a listener of Cinema Recall, Grammarly is offered a free download of their software. If you host a website or podcast, it's really important that your followers and subscribers understand everything that you want to communicate with them. With Grammarly, you can have your own personal editor who not only does spell checks, but makes sure the tone of the piece is what you want. Get your free download by visiting getgrammarly.com slash cinema recall.
I didn't fully understand Mulholland Drive. I didn't fully understand it. But I was mesmerized throughout. I think you could describe David Lynch as America's premier surrealist. He's uh, an incredibly gifted director who's always been attracted to dream worlds, to fantasy, to characters who are, who are deluded. What are you doing? We don't stop here. Get out of the car. He's fascinated with the unconscious, with dreams, and how dreams fracture and disrupt the surface of everyday reality. And Mulholland Drive is one of the most accomplished examples of his work. It seems to be two different stories that are linked together. One about two women who meet and fall in love after one of them's been in an accident and lost all her memory. I don't know who I am. All right, folks, welcome back. We're here, Cinema Recall Podcast, talking about Mulholland Drive. Here right now with Ryan Luis Rodriguez of Coolness Chronicles, as well as Real of Justice, and Jason Soto from whatever with Jason Soto. All right, so <clears throat> we're now getting the part now, and I just wrote this in my notes, so we have the scene where Betty is talking to her aunt, and her aunt knows nothing about Rita. And she's like, you know, your friend. No, Coco let her in. And later she confronts Rita, and Rita doesn't know anything about who she is, and what her name is, or anything like that. They find a purse with like a large wad of cash and a blue key. Now, this blue key is going to become important later on. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about actress Laura Elena Heron. Now, where have you seen her before? I don't know, actually. I, I only know her from two movies. Okay. Which ones? I only know her from the movie Little Nicky. <laughs> okay. And Willard. I was not expecting that for some the, reason. The remake of Willard? Yeah, the remake with Christian Glover. I remember her from something, but let me think one second. Well, you think about that there. Okay, you know in the very beginning of the movie of Little Nicky, where John Lovitz is in a tree? Yeah, the peeper. He's a peeper staring at a woman? Okay, yeah. That's her. That's the woman he's peeping on. Oh, okay. I remember uh, her from a movie called John Q with Denzel Washington. See, I've never seen that before. And, well, you've seen the poster. I can guarantee you that. I, I'm but sure I you don't have. need to see the movie at all. Like, it's not good. But I do remember seeing it in the theaters, and I remember her being in it, but I don't really remember anything from the movie. Yeah. And it's like, after Willard came out, because Willard was, like, in 2003, and she, she wasn't, like, the love interest, but she was the friend of Christmas Lover's character who was trying to be nice to him. And I remember seeing that movie in theaters and thinking, oh, sweet, she got more work. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, she's not really doing much work. It's a weird kind of juxtaposition with her and Naomi Watts. Because after this movie, Naomi Watts started in The Rain. And then she was also in Peter Jackson's King Kong. And then My just, Divorce. Yeah. Just just was in a whole bunch of these other big movies with big names. Recently was in the movie Birdman uh, yep. with Michael St. Vincent. St. Vincent. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot she was in St. Vincent. You know, when I hear the name St. Vincent, I think about the artist, the musician. <laughs> so I'm so thinking, did everyone who saw that movie. So I'm thinking, wait, wait, is she in the band? What does she play? <laughs> she plays bass. She's really good. Yeah, you know, I could play picture. I 100% could picture Naomi Watts playing bass. That's, that's 
she just has that face for it, you know, like hardcore. She could play bass and singer. In fact, if if they ever made a movie about Metric, the band Metric, oh hell yeah, she hell could be, yeah, she could be good Emily Haynes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so so after they find the you know water cash and the blue key, then we're cut to a scene where that same bumbling hitman that we mentioned before, uh, he's talking to someone who kind of looks like Betty. I mean, just like a very dirty version of Betty. Asking questions about a girl who's been in an accident. I'm sure he's trying to find this Rita person, is what mm -hmm. it seems like. That's oh, why yeah. he wanted to get the black book. Yeah, you, you kind of find out what his motive is later on, but during this moment, he's just kind of questioning girls. And I'm watching this again, I'm thinking, well, gosh, the girl he's talking to looks a lot like Betty. She's kind of like the, the mirror image up to this point of kind of like, what if things went really wrong for Betty? Because she has track marks all over her arms. She's really not in a good place. And it's easily something that somebody who just came to town thinking that it's going to be all sunshine and roses, kind of discovering what the real underbelly of the society is. Yeah. She's probably a girl that went to Los Angeles to make it big in the movies. And then she went to one casting couch too many and <laughs> is now working now the streets. Now she's on the street. That's right. Just a small town girl. <laughs> Living in the lonely world. Okay, that was my bad. All right, uh, so then we find out uh, Adam is on his way home. He's driving home. This is that film director uh, played by Justin Thoreau. His uh, assistant calls him up and says that everyone on set has been fired. And Adam's like, no, Shelly, I'm going home. And Shelly's like, yeah, do something. Everyone's been fired from the film, and what the hell are you going to do? And she's like, he's like, no, fuck this. I'm going home. Uh, then we do cut to another scene where uh, Rita tells Betty that she was going to Mulholland Drive before she lost her memory. And Betty suggests that they use a payphone to find out if there was an accident. And there's like this key phrase there. And that line is, we'll pretend to be someone else. And uh. I just wanted you guys kind of take on those yeah I, I i think that that phrase is interesting um that it pops up here because we're still figuring out like what's going on right like with mm. with uh with rita and everything and we're not quite in the weirdness like this is still a relatively normal movie yeah uh like you know the david lynchness of this film <laughs> hasn't kicked in yet true <laughs> and so right now this just feels like a normal like drama thriller uh, which is fine, um, but you know it's like there's got to be a point where the shoe drops. So you're at this point, you're just kind of paying attention to all these like clues, mm -hmm. and you do notice like these phrases like this like keep popping up like this and this is the girl and stuff like that. Like you, you know, it makes you kind of wonder like, well, what could that possibly mean? Yeah, we've we've just ingested the peyote. It hasn't kicked in yet. That's mm -hmm. good. That that's yep. a very good point. Okay, uh, so so then our, our our famous filmmaker director guy he gets home. He drives up. He's seen the uh, the pool cleaners truck right there <laughs> by the name of Gene Clean. <laughs> yes, which I thought yes. to be very hilarious, and he walks in, uh, sees his wife Lorraine played by Lori Heron is having an affair with the pool guy, whose name is Gene, played by the one 
the Aki Break Your Heart guy, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> that tripped me out the first time I seen this. And I was like, is that Billy Ray Cyrus? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck kind of casting is this? And you know that he was hired specifically by Lynch. Like, Lynch was clearly a fan of Billy Ray Cyrus, which just blows my mind. <laughs> yes. yes. Lyle Lovett shows up in the Twin Peaks movie. So he oh, knows true. these he knows these musical artists. Chris Isaac also shows up in that. Chris Isaac, yeah. So he knows yeah, all yeah. these people. What oh, I love man. the what I love the most about the whole Gene character is how calm he is. You know, he, the, yeah. The, like his wife is flipping out, saying, "What are you doing here? Now you've done it." And the guy's like, "Well, he's probably just really upset, Lorraine." You know, <laughs> just sitting there. And I like the line he says too. It's like, "Just pretend you saw it, buddy. It's better that way." Yeah, you know, just he's, like he's trying to help everyone involved. You see, yeah, he's trying to be the nice guy. And everything too, just like laying back there. You know, he doesn't get like, all defensive and like, what are you doing here, man? What's going on here? He's not like, all apologetic. Holy shit! What the hell? I had no idea she was married. He's just just sitting back there relaxing and just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm here with your wife, buddy. I know it's yeah. rough. It is it's... what it is, man. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, those are the breaks. Yep, I know you're hurting for this, buddy, but uh, hey, man, it'll get better. Look, here's some free passes to my show. <laughs> Listen, I know I gave you an achy, breaky heart, but you really, you got to put it behind you, man. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, he goes, so Adam leaves the place. Adam's pretty calm, too. And he goes to the mm-hmm. garage. Most part. <laughs> yeah, he did some uh, bright pink paint. Yeah. Like, the brightest pink paint, like, bubblegum pink paint. And he grabs her jewelry, and then starts pouring paint all over it. Mm-hmm. Lorraine freaks out, and she's like, stop it. And he grabs her, and he pushes her, and messes up her clothes. And Jean punches him out, and says, that's the way to treat your wife, man. I don't care what she's done. <laughs> <laughs> Always the gentleman, that Gene. Yeah, yes. see, you know, yes. classy guy. And uh, so <clears throat> he gets thrown out. Uh, then we cut to the scene where the girls are hiding this money in a hat box. Uh, they call the police. And they confirm about the accident that happened on Mulholland Drive, but won't say any more than that. And I feel kind of bad for listeners. I'm not giving much more detail about Billy Ray Cyrus, but... Uh, he he wrote a one-hit wonder in the '90s called "Eat Your Breaky Heart." His daughter is Molly oh, Cyrus, aka Hannah Montana. People know Billy Ray Cyrus is. You don't gotta explain it. Might... He's only the most popular musician of the 1990s, Vern. Yeah, like he, he's well known. Vern. He's well You're known. Cool. Okay. You're cool. You're cool. Fair enough. They don't the know who he is. That's Jack. on them. That's on them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So after the girls, you know, call the police and, you know, the accident's been confirmed, but they won't give much details. Uh, they go to Winkies, a.k.a. Denny's, and yes. they see a waitress that looks very similar to Betty. When I watched it again, I really thought it was the same actress, just made up differently. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a completely different actress, and I didn't write down the name. Uh, but in this one... Uh, she is named Diane. So there's a waitress that looks like Betty, but she has a namesake called Diane. And this triggers a memory in Rita's head. And she's like, I remember a name, Diane Selwyn. And so they go back to her room, or back to their room, to call. But 
Rita doesn't quite recognize the voice, but she knows she's heard it before. And so Betty's like, well, maybe that's not Diane. Maybe it's your roommate. Or if she is Diane, she can tell you who you are. So that's the and whole... And it's important to note that David Lynch loves the name Diane. Yes. He's a big fan of it because that's uh, Dale Cooper's assistant on Twin Peaks. Yeah. Who we never see until... Well, I'm not going to spoil that for Vern. Uh, oh, yeah. But that comes up. Uh, yeah, he absolutely loves that name. And this is the second supposedly TV project in a row that he's put that name in. Yeah. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> shit. Yeah. Uh, now, we get to probably one of my favorite moments of this movie... Uh, I know you guys talked about how much you love the Hitman sequence, and that's a great sequence too. But I love the sequence where this big Hitman comes to the home of Adam. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Do you want to set the scene up here? Cause I... <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was hilarious. The music that plays in this is like this song called Baby, like the blues rock song. Baby, go to Giant. Off ass mafia guy who's like i don't know six foot six weighs 450 pounds like you just don't want to fuck with this guy he just shows up at this house looking for adam the wife find you know sees him and is like what the fuck are you doing in my house get out of my house and then she calls for gene and then gene just like casually walks up thinking he can kick this guy's ass and then the monster guy just like knocks him out and then he's just calling adam adam you hear adam and then the wife's like screaming on the monster's back yeah because she crawls on him like a freaking spider monkey yeah. and he never says anything but adam's name adam he's yeah like, adam kesher adam yes. kesher yes <laughs> he reaches back and just knocks the other girl out yeah yeah Very right casually yeah and just sits there for a few minutes few, like a few seconds and just kind of keeps walking Call the Adam Kesher's name. Adam Kesher. Adam Kesher. Yeah, right. Get lost. This is Adam Kesher's house. My telling is get out now. Get out. Adam Kesher. Get out of here. He's never coming back. Don't understand English. She said, "Leave." Here's a door. Dee, get out, Dee, get out. Adam Kesher. And that's it. That's just. But the fact that these, uh, this. Well, I'm pretty sure she thinks that Gene can knock this guy out because, you know, he's is, got a mullet, man. He can knock anybody out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gene clean, you know. He's he's gonna exactly. clean the pipes. <laughs> well, he, he helped take care of her pipes, so I'm pretty sure that she thinks that you know he'll yeah. take care of. He'll clean pipes. someone's clock, man. That's right. Exactly. Oh gosh. Uh, and then Adam himself. Now he is forced to stay in like this low grade hotel. I don't know what. I don't know if you call that a hotel. Uh, it's like a, it looks like a storage locker. <laughs> With like, it looked like the it looked like the hotel that was used in Basket Case. <laughs> look like the same hotel. I think you're right. <laughs> I don't think it because that took place in New York and this is L.A. But it just looked like that kind of hotel, like the super seedy, shady, probably rooms by the minute. <laughs> like, it's definitely that, as sanitary as the hotel in Basket Case. Yes, 
I mean, we talked about this is definitely not the room by you know the hour. It's definitely the room by the minutes. Yes. By the milliseconds. Uh, <laughs> he's there. He's been told by his, his assistant that his money is all gone. Uh, Jason knows where he is because uh, his car's been declined in this hotel, and he pays cash. And I guess it's the manager or the owner just tells him that all his cash has been gone. And then he's told by his assistant to meet this guy called the Cowboy. And it's yep. really important that he sees this guy called the Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'll, I'll get to that Cowboy later on. Uh, but then we are come to the scene right now where Betty and Rita, they're interrupted by this woman, this older woman who just keeps telling Betty that something bad is going to happen. Oh, and, yeah, psychic lady. Yeah, she is. Now, like a psychic gypsy? Is that what this lady was? Like a psychic gypsy wandering crazy person? (laughs) Now, there's been a lot of like kind of other famous actors in this movie, so that weird gypsy psychic lady that's played by actress Lee Grant. That's right from uh, from Shampoo. Yep, Shampoo. Uh, She was also one of the leads in Damien the Omen Two. Valley of the Dolls. Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. Episodes of Mission Impossible as well. Uh, So, and this is kind of a really, you know, brief, brief part. And if you see her as she was back then versus now, it looks completely different. Oh, my God. She was such a looker. Yeah. What a beautiful woman. Yes? May I help you? Someone is in trouble. Who are you? What are you doing in Rue's apartment? She's letting me stay here. I'm her niece. My name's Betty. No, it's not. That's not what she said. Someone is in trouble. Something bad is happening. I'm sorry, but I don't know who you are and- Louise, what are you doing, Louise? Oh, Coco, I've been trying to get a hold of you since 3 o'clock this afternoon. That one is in my room, and she won't leave. I want you to get her out. I want you to get her out now. Uh, This is Louise Bonner. I'm sure she meant well. Louise, this is Betty. This is Ruth's niece. In fact, fortunately, I was just on my way over here to see Betty. Betty's a young actress, and I was just delivering some fax pages of a scene for a big audition tomorrow. Well, here they are, honey. Thank you. Come along now, Louise. I'll take you home. Uh, I'm sorry it happens sometimes. No. Come on. No, she said it was someone else who was in trouble. Stop it, Louise. I'm taking you home. Uh, Oh, yeah. There's that one little key moment here where Louise says, uh, no, it wasn't her. She said someone else is in trouble. And the camera loots in on Rita, which watching this now, I probably for the, you know, fourth time or whatever i'm seeing that's probably a great way to lead audiences astray because when she's saying someone is in trouble i know now that it's actually is betty's the one in trouble but we're still thinking that rita's the one in trouble because the way the camera looks in on her right it's a classic lynch kind of thing mm-hmm. you know and I don't know, I mean, I know there's been other, like, you know, misdirections before in movies, uh, but this one really kind of sold it, just mainly because of Rita's accident. You know, we are meant to believe that 
Rita's the one that is the main victim, and she's the one that's going to be in trouble. Yeah, during this. yeah. And you never think because Betty's our our hero. She's the mm-hmm. one that's you know saved Rita. She's the one that's going to find out everything that's wrong with Rita. She's going to solve the mystery of Rita's amnesia. We're going like, to get everything back, and everything's going to be working just wonderfully. And that's kind of like how that scene ends right there. Uh, now we actually do get to the scene with Adam and the cowboy. The cowboy. And the cowboy. Uh, he has to go out to this place in the distance. And it's funny, too, because when Adam does show up, he uh, goes to... What, it's out in the middle of nowhere. I think it's Spawn Ranch. I'm Is not sure, really? but I, I mean, it looks like it at least. But I don't oh. know that it's specifically supposed to be that. Maybe it's just supposed to be, like, if you know L.A., then you're kind of in tune with it. But it does kind of look like Spawn Ranch. Oh, that'd be interesting. That would really be interesting. That's a nice little take on that. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> he's at Spawn Ranch, essentially. Um, and the late, first of all, it's pitch black dark. And then there's, like, one light comes on. And then, the, like, the cowboy appears out of nowhere. And... This guy is dressed very much like a <laughs> 1950s cowboy. Mm-hmm. And is he albino? I couldn't tell because of the lighting, but he looks like albino to me. No, I, I don't think he was albino. I think he was just really pale. <laughs> I don't think he was an albino, though. I think, yeah. You know, it's 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 hard to say, too. Now, I know that <clears throat> actor is Lafayette uh, Montgomery. And I know I've read like um, in like behind the scenes footage of the movie that the guy is not really known as an actor. Uh, he's more of like I would say like a casting assistant. Yeah, like, and okay. and uh, all of his lines are read off cue cards that are on Justin Thoreau's face. Uh, oh, see, really? I, oh, okay. Because I, I thought they were, like, on, like, cue cards or something like that. That's why you kind of see his eyes. Yeah. Every single side. time they cut and they you're, the camera's focusing on him, uh, the reason that Justin Thoreau is slightly to the left or to the right of frame is because if they went in any closer, you could see a cue card stuck to his forehead. Oh, gosh. Mm. Interesting. That is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, he's, yeah, he's only actually <laughs> in two roles. Uh, he, he's mainly known as a producer, and so he, he helped produce Wada Hart. He's a producer of Twin Peaks. Uh, and... Portrait of a Lady, the Jane Campion film. Yep, yep. He was doing that as well. Uh, but yeah, he's only acted. You know, it's funny too. They say after two titles, what two movies do you think they are? Hmm. Well, counting this one, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny too. They mentioned Mulholland Drive, but then they also mentioned Mulholland Drive, the TV pilot, as two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Well, technically, okay. technically, that's right. That's so true. Good yeah. On you. yeah. Yeah, that's that's accurate. <laughs> I played the uh, and I I think it wrote the name down wrong. He's actually called Monty, uh, Monty Montingham. If I have that name right here, yeah. Mon- no, Montgomery. Monty Montgomery. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. He he should have been a talk show host in the '70s with that name. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So he's telling Adam all these like key things here too. He's like, "I want you to go back to work tomorrow. 
You were recasting the lead actress anyway. Audition many girls for the part. When you see the girl that was shown to you earlier today, you will say, this is the girl. The rest of the cast can stay, that's up to you. But that lead girl is not up to you. Here's one of the really weird things about his rules too. I think he says, if you see me one more time, you know you've done good. If you see me two times, you know you've done bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and I, I don't want to give, you know, well, I'm going to just spoil this away for this because that's what we're kind of doing. But at the end of the movie, you do see the tall boy just one more time. Yes. That's right. And that's, you, that's true. And there you know that uh, Adam did <clears throat> good because he just only saw the tall boy one more time. And, and I, I love that he keeps calling him a smart aleck. Yeah. Like he refuses to swear or call him a smart ass, but he calls him a smart aleck repeatedly. Yeah. And it makes me think that that is something that David Lynch has said to somebody before. Because he yeah. seems like the kind of guy that would say that. Yeah, I, totally. I can't really imagine David Lynch ever, like, swearing at all. He seems too nice and wholesome. Yeah. Mm. He's too apple pie to say anything that's perverted. He'll make perverted movies. Yeah. He won't say yeah, it. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, he'll be like too embarrassed to say, you know, the F word. Oh, fart fake Oh, Christ. <laughs> why are you doing that? That's not swell. Swell. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You Who's know, got you... more coffee? You gotta say the <laughs> F word here, all right? <clears throat> Don't be a potty mouth, you <laughs> smart aleck. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And my favorite line to the couple's talking like, uh, so I've got this buggy. How many uh, drivers in a buggy? And I'm like, one. All right, then. So if you fit your attitude, maybe we'll let you ride along with me on this buggy. And just. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this guy had a lot of strange lines. <laughs> Justin Thoreau gives possibly the best performance of his scenes in that scene, because you can see on his face, like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, a yeah. buggy? What? What? I have, what do I have to do with a buggy? What? What do you mean, smart Alec? What the hell no. are you talking about? But he can't overly play his hand and say like, okay, I'm just gonna tell this guy to fuck off. He can't do that because he doesn't know exactly what's gonna happen. But he has mm -hmm. to restrain it within himself, and it's delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Because this whole time too, Adam's like lost all his money. He lost his movie. These freaking you know executives come in and tell him what he's gonna have to do with this movie. Now he's forced to see like this cowboy. And you see this guy like this cowboy hat and uh, this get up in gear. And I know Adam's thinking like, well, god damn it, this is complete bullshit. <laughs> I was casting the biggest movie of my life right here. Why is everything going wrong? This is like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Why is this shit happening? And it is. It is the worst thing that's ever happening. Uh, and we'll definitely get into why it's happening for him later on because it's actually kind of funny when you find out the reason why. This stuff is happening for him because it's just so, like petty and silly, but at the same time too, it's kind of hilarious. And that's Hollywood. That's I mean, that's the being petty and silly is kind of at at the bottom of everything. Yeah, uh, exactly. And uh, that's that's kind of where we come to the end of our sequences. There, uh, we're gonna start getting to some like major peyote stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's going to start kicking in at any this moment where, now. This is where it happens, yeah. It's where the POE stuff starts to like slowly kick in your folks. Because we only got like two more episodes left after this. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see that we have more than two hands. 
they're turning colors. Yeah. They're not, all, not, they're not purple yet. They're just yellow and green, and oh. they will get to purple eventually. And somehow we're in the desert. We're in the desert there, too. Uh, but I, I, I do kind of like these other sequences, even though not much stuff was happening. There's still a lot of great moments. We mentioned before the whole Gene Clee. Now, I kind of wish Gene Clee would come back. I don't know why. Mm. He just seemed like the very much easy, casual guy you went to catch your wife having sets with. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that was planned as an arc. But it wasn't just like a he shows up in two scenes. I'm sure that if they kept going with the series, I'm sure that he would have come back at some point. Oh, I'm sure. I just don't know what it would be. I mean, yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. Like, I, I, I feel like at this point, especially in the movie, it's kind of spinning its wheels as a pilot, kind of stretching things out a little bit and trying to figure out what the next move is going to be. But I have no idea what he could have done after this. You know, it's worth thing too, because I just saw uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. In theaters, you know, like a little while back, and I'm thinking if Twin Peaks became like a failed series, and he just released the Firewalk with Me instead, and there's nothing else to compare <clears throat> it to, like you you see all these other characters that are in Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me, and you seem to think, well, are there going to be another features? Uh, what about the Dale Cooper guy? We're going to see him more. Uh, we see like. Uh, Shelly and her boyfriend in, like, one scene. And if you're a cat in the background, I apologize. Um, but <laughs> I'm just, okay. just trying to figure now because, yeah, Mulholland Drive started off as a pilot, and that failed and became a, a movie instead. So I'm thinking about, well, you know, for Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, you know, how would that be? Like, if you're just watching... I feel bad for anyone just watches Fire Walk With Me without seeing the yeah. series. Yeah, you don't get you really don't get most of the picture if you watch it by itself. It really only works if you're a, like a completist. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I did watch the uh, deleted scenes. Some good stuff in there. The hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, guys, it goes it goes even to the end of season two on there. Yep, that's right. As well, so yeah, I'm, I'm I thank you for recommending that I should watch that, and now I am. All set to watch the Twin Peaks The Return, but I feel like I need a little palate cleanser from Twin Peaks for a little bit. I need to, like, watch another show, and then I get back into it, though, because I figured that The Return's going to take up a lot of my time. Um, yeah, yeah, you won't want to turn it off once you start, so you definitely want to get other stuff in there. Yeah, that's why I kind of figure it there, too. Uh... But yes, any other like final thoughts right now about other Lynch films as well as what we talked about in Mulholland Drive? Um, no, just looking forward to talking about the crazy ass shit with you guys. Can you can you, can you do that in, in like my impersonation, Jason? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm totally looking forward to uh, talking about the the crazy shit with you guys. I can't wait to get to the uh, to the to the peyote if you if you know what I mean. Just uh, just just you know the the crazy scenes that are gonna be coming up pretty soon. We'll be talking about that uh, pretty soon. I do out of love, Vern. You know that, right? I know I that, man. I this is not to be mean or anything. I, 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 I it's, it is all out of respect. I promise. You don't want to hear my impression. It's totally offensive. <laughs> oh, of me? I do kind of want to know. Oh, hi, I'm Vern. What's up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the best I could come up with after saying that. Oh, gosh. 
Well, hi everybody. I'm, I'm Vert here. I, I I can't do my own presentation myself. Right hey, there. how's it going, hey, hey, everybody. Hey, this is the Vern. This is the Vern from September Recall. It's a great show. Uh, Jason, tell the folks out there new episodes of whatever coming up. Oh yes. Uh, so uh, the next episode that'll be out. <clears throat> uh, well, Mary is back and uh. We did uh, kind of like a Vern tease. We we read a fanfic that Vern has been writing, featuring me and Mary, and this installment goes into some very interesting places. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably all you need to know. Is I like just that. Stuff. All right. <clears throat> if anyone was to, going to make a movie of this, who would it be? Oh my god, I don't even fucking know. I I, I would have probably have to do it because I cannot think of a filmmaker crazy enough that want to even tackle this. Oh my so gosh. I have to just do it myself. You know, do it yourself. All right, we're gonna find myself. we're gonna find studios to pay you fifty million dollars. I I'm in. Let's do this. Fuck yes. All right, uh, Ryan, what's happening with the Coolness Chronicles? I know you're. Are you, are you finishing up that show? Where you're gonna be doing a different show? What's yeah, so uh, in about two weeks, we will have officially wrapped up the entire run of Mystery Science Theater, and then we'll start, uh, we have a month on Toy Story. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go into each movie uh, one per week, and then uh, have some special guests as well, and then uh, it's going to be an entire year on the movie Airplane, and the movies that inspired it, the movies it inspired, the people who made it, all that kind of diving deep in the same way that I did the first season. I'm really excited for people to hear it. Well, very cool. Uh, all right, uh, definitely check out Ryan's program on the Twitter program, Coolness Pod Ryan. Uh, that is going to wrap up everything right now for this episode. We hope you come back. We thank you very much for sticking with us, and we will all see you next week. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios. Uh, goodbye, everybody. This is the Vern saying goodbye. <laughs> bye Oh, wait. Do not leave just yet, folks. I totally forgot to do this during the show, and I greatly apologize, but I've got some great shout-outs to give. These are some amazing people that I helped retweet or share our last episode, and I'm extremely grateful. So, no special order. Here's some shout-outs right now. So, Big shout out and thank you to Horror Dads. They're found on Twitter at Horror Dads. Thank you to Streaming Cinema Podcast. They're found at Scream Cinema Pod. Thank you to the Mac Pitsy Weirdo Podcast at MP Weirdo Podcast. Thank you to the Uncredited Extras Podcast at Uncredited S Pod. Thank you to your next favorite movie at YNF Movie Pod. Thank you to Science Fiction Revenant at Sci Fi Revenant. Thank you again, Chris Revel of Let's Chat Revel. Mutant Theater at Mutant Theater 2. The Trivia Chick at Trivia underscore Chick. The Chris and Christine Show at K2 Show San Diego. And then also thank you to the Collateral Cinema Podcast at C Cinema Podcast. Thank you to Ryan L. Terry at RL Terry 1. Alright, I also need to give a shout out to our wonderful Patreon subscribers. So, let's put shorter. Donnie Roberts, uh, formerly of Kitchen's Kiss, now a video on the pod. They're followed at. at Unreal Goals. I hope I said that right there. I want to thank Matt and Ashley from Mashley at the Movies at Mashley Movies. I want to thank the dear Jeanette Miller-Mickenham from ATH Jeanette. She's found 
at 8agentnet. And lastly, but not leastly, thank you to Jason Soto from Whatever with Jason Soto. He, of course, is found at Famous Comedian. So thank you, everyone. Uh, don't forget to check out the latest episode of Fours Are Crowd podcast. You can find them at Fours Are Crowd podcast. Uh, yeah, so the latest episode is just posted with them. And also, you can find the latest episode of Real Spoilers. Find them on Twitter at Real Spoilers. But I do edit and work for them as well as episodes of the Let's Chat podcast. And if you need an editor, I'm available. My rates are extremely fair. Uh, if you need me to send any audio samples, let me know. I've got a reel ready for you to go. Uh, anyways, email me, cinemarecall at gmail.com. And I thank you very much for checking out this latest episode of Cinema Recall. And we'll return. Goodbye.